0: So, after driving diagonally across the country, about as far as we could go from Central Oregon to Georgia, South Georgia, we are finally at the Suwannee River at mile 235, and our plan is to is to paddle south to approximately mile Thirty-five, so about 200 miles. After spending yesterday getting all the gear organized and we built our 16 and a half foot pack boat, we are about to launch uh, at uh, the crack of noon. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that late. Wait, about what time is it, 10:40. 10:40. Eastern time, so you know. 10:40 Eastern time, so. Alpine Start with my wife Ringe and this is Mark Waters and we will do one or two episodes journaling our way south hopefully recording some beautiful nature sounds along the way for you and it is the day after Christmas 2021. The boat is loaded really loaded and we have at least a week's worth of food and thank God a dozen cans of seltzer to have along the way. Not drinking beer this trip, just seltzer. So, seltzer's lighter than beer, right? So, we're about to shove off, and thanks for joining us. End of first day. We made it about 12 miles. We're a couple miles shy of Fargo. Uh, as I said earlier, we had an alpine start of basically by the time we got on the river and paddling, it was like 11 o'clock after we got everything uh, handled and packed and the boat loaded down. And uh, since we have essentially a week's worth of food and five gallons of water, it's, uh, it's pretty loaded down for a 16 and a half foot boat, but not uh, dangerously so. And it was a really beautiful run. it. uh, I'm glad the water is high because there were a couple of combinations where the water was running over deadfalls, uh, strainers, and a couple of which we were able to just paddle over. There was a couple that required some very quick zigzagging and uh, drawing and prying to get around safely without getting hung up. The river is running at a pretty high level, not flood stage, but uh, we ended up camping about two miles from, about a mile and a half, two miles from Stephen Foster State Park. And from what I had been told, the State Park, if you're gonna camp there on a canoe trip, it's a long schlep from where you get out of the river to where you have to camp and you have to pay. Uh, We found a beautiful spot just on kind of a little, a little cove in the river, so to speak, uh, with sunshine, uh, I was able to charge a couple of devices with our Goal Zero solar panel and set up camp. And we made red beans and rice with chicken, which was awesome. And we are about to turn in somewhat earlier than we normally do because it gets dark at five o'clock, but it was a beautiful sunset. And so we will be on the river tomorrow. I'm guessing we'll shoot for about 20 miles or so tomorrow because we will get an earlier start. That is a certainty. Signing off. Day two on the Suwannee River and we accomplished 17 miles today which doesn't seem like a lot but you know we didn't get off until 10 o'clock again it was really foggy this morning just like dripping fog and the fog actually didn't burn off until when was it like it started getting sunny around two one maybe one o'clock it was uh wasn't cloudy all that time, but it was, uh, or it wasn't foggy, but it was cloudy most of the time. And uh, uh, beautiful river, as always. The Suwannee is a wonderful trip. Highly recommend it if you've never done it. And so 17 miles, uh, we're both uh, more tired than we used to be when we were younger, and we're both more tired than we used to be when we were living in Florida and paddling regularly. But 17 miles is it's a pretty good haul uh, but we pulled in at uh, 3 30 uh, while on a beautiful white sandy beach with black water you might be able to hear it a little bit in the background and we have a sandy white beach to camp on we pulled in early so we could get some stuff that was pretty damp from like the tent, rainfly, etc., et cetera, from, uh, from all of the, the fog. And it appears to be, it's going to be foggy again tomorrow, though maybe not quite as bad. But unseasonably warm for this time of year in December, almost the first of the year. We are having weather in the 70s during the day and a low in the upper 50s. And soon it will be in the mid-60s at night, which is really warm, even for Florida. When we lived down here several years ago, it, was, it wasn't usually this nice uh, to do paddling this far north at this time of year. But it's been awesome, but we're sore, and we're glad to have had a delicious meal of instant mashed potatoes, garlic mashed potatoes, no, uh, cheddar mashed potatoes with um, a uh, package of wild salmon and we sautéed red bell pepper and onion and put some fresh peas in there and uh, uh, some Trader Joe's spice and it was quite actually amazing things always taste better when you're tired and hungry and in the woods anyways so we keep turning in at around 7:30 at night and it makes for a very long night but uh it's rest well appreciated so carry on till tomorrow These are the night sounds. There he goes again. Owl along the Swanee River. The night sounds here at mile. What are we at? One ninety two. One ninety. was one ninety three. One ninety three. I think we're at. And, uh, yeah, we got up this morning, and it wasn't, the fog burned off a lot quicker than it has before. And uh, it, was, uh, it was pleasant not paddling in the dripping fog with the sun out. And uh, so we left, even though we got up earlier and we worked harder and faster, we didn't get on the river and packed up and ready to go until 10 o'clock again. So it's really hard to do when you got so much crap that we do. Um, And uh, it's good crap. I mean, we've got good gear, but, you know, we got stuff to be comfortable. Not not so comfortable as to uh, I didn't bring a cooler, which I've done on other canoe trips like doing the Green River years ago. We would always bring a cooler with beer, and brats because when you're doing the Green River it's just you got to have beer and brats There's just and, and ideally some frozen steaks as well we're not that quite that luxurious on this trip but uh, we did bring like seven days worth of food and uh, five gallons of water before we pushed off I noticed that uh, we found that there were two large piles of bear crap that I don't think it was from last night, I don't think the bear came around last night, but uh, it made me think, hmm, maybe we should hang our food tonight. So we did that, we hung the food, and uh, so I feel a little bit safer. We do have bear spray, so there is that. So it was a long day. Uh, We did 19 miles today. 19 miles is quite a bit when you're out of shape for paddling because when you live in central Oregon, there really isn't that many places to paddle long distance. And so I don't do that much of it. When uh, Ringe and I lived in Florida, I was we were paddling a lot. I was paddling even more. I was paddling like three, four days a week, a lot of times and doing long trips. So a bit out of shape, but it was really beautiful. We're down into the section of the river that's got some limestone banks, along the banks. And tomorrow we should get to the Big Shoals Portage. So it's the only Class 3 rapids in the state of Florida. Supposed to be in the mid-80s tomorrow. Holy crap. It's the end of December, and it's in the mid-80s. Right now we've got the front entrance to the tent fly open for ventilation because it's it's about 67 degrees right now. It's really pretty warm. It's not going to get any lower than about 50 56 degrees tonight. So it's pretty mild. And we've been pretty lucky with the temperature situation. And so uh, tomorrow uh, Big Shoals, we're going to camp at the Big Shoals uh, camp. So we'll get to listen to the music of the rapids as we go to sleep tomorrow night we'll be seeing you then so we skipped a couple of days and the reason i skipped a couple of days is basically the reason why it has taken me over 10 years to actually start producing a podcast that i've been thinking about doing for like a decade I've taken recorders on trips, on bicycle tours, and on canoe trips, and sailing, and backpacking trips even, and uh, with the idea that I would produce a podcast related to one of those sports or subjects or whatever, and what ends up happening is I will be doing the trip, and I'll start out with enough energy to actually do some some logs along the way turn the recorder on do some recording relate what went on that day but what's happened the past few days here on the river is it's been really hot like end of december crazy hot like in the 80s and like 100 percent humidity and we had some killer days so I'll, i'll i'll back up i'm gonna back up here and uh uh recapitulate what went on so after the third day uh, we were camped above the river um, nice you know wild camp and uh, that day on day four we were um, we were heading to big big shoals it's called big shoals because it is shoal and it is big and it's rated as a class three rapid and it's it's not quite runnable unless you don't mind scratching the crap out of the bottom of whatever boat you got. And if it's a plastic boat and you're whitewater capable, you can maybe make it over without getting tipped over. But there's, there's, it's really ledgy limestone and quite sharp. So it's not recommended. Um, so we had, a, we had a moderately long day. I think we did 17, 18 miles to the portage. And that was a whole, that's a whole subject in itself, because when we got to um, a takeout area, it was actually uh, there was a sign there for a canoe launch, and I thought it, maybe it was the portage because we've we've done that before. We we've done the upper Porsche seventy miles or so of the Suwannee River when we used to live in St. Augustine, Florida, uh, about twelve years ago. We did that with a friend in uh, in our tandem canoe, my wife and I. And um, um, so I remember, vaguely kind of remember this portage. It wasn't, wasn't insanely long, but it wasn't real short either. And I wasn't exactly sure where it was. So we got to that, it was kind of confusing. It, it's like, oh, this isn't the portage. So we went further down the river, about a quarter mile, there was a sign that said, uh, for your safety or our dangerous shoal rapids ahead, uh Portage left 500 feet, so it's really confusing, and I was really pissed off at whatever the sign maker was for the river. And it was a it wasn't a hand painted sign. This was a legitimate sign. 500 feet, no, 2500 feet, yes. So it was really confusing because we went to the left, the river left, and we're paddling along. And it's like uh, this has been 500 feet. 500 feet is like slightly less than two football fields. We went the length of oh, like, I'd say maybe closer to 10 football fields or more, and it was at least a half a mile from where it said 500 feet, and, uh, so we, uh, we made it to the takeout, and, uh, because we had set up for, uh, basically, I've got, I came with five gallons of water that we started with, and, um, uh not super light food like some of the stuff i brought is canned so our our food weight isn't real low and i knew that was going to be a real son of a bitch um in the portage um so we we portaged our pack canoe and um i i could not find my portage yoke when i left home so we kind of did a modified two person portage yoke in other words two canoe straps tied at the bow and stern and uh, carrying it with kind of most of the weight carried by your shoulder. You put the strap over your shoulder. It actually worked pretty good. Um, So we found a, uh, we went past um, halfway, it's around halfway campsite that's right next to the shoals where you get the nicest river sound. Uh, Apologize for not having the the rapids recorded, but uh, what proceeded after that was kind of a, kind of uh, challenging. Um, there was a couple of backpackers that were camped in that site, which wouldn't have been a good site anyways, because we wanted to get uh, a campsite right next to where we were gonna put in the next morning. So we dropped the boat at a very nice campsite, um, about 150 feet from the river. And then I, I wanted to give Ringe uh, a break, so I ended up, we had, uh, it took three portage loads uh, first portage bag, guessing sixty pounds, and uh, carry a couple paddles. And it, um, the 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 portage trail is washed out. Uh, it Must have been a, a flood that came through because there's just a big a big ditch uh, where the the wide easy trail goes, where people could easily pull a um, uh, a canoe uh, uh, cart. And a lot of people do that. And the last time I did it, I had a canoe cart, but now you really can't use that trail. You have to use the hiking trail, which drops into a couple of gulches across creeks. There's a really steep section for about eight or 10 feet that's filled with like ruts. I mean, roots, real roots across like elevated roots. And it would just be a pain to try and pull a cart through there. Um, So I ended up, basically I did seven trips, counting out and back to do the full carry. And uh, second load was probably 60, probably closer to 70 pounds. The third load was actually, I think it was pretty close to 100 pounds, between 90 and 100 pounds. I don't think I've sweat that much in the latter half of my life it was so humid and hot it was 81 degrees and really humid Um, but we had a nice camp Um, nobody was around we've got a nice folding bucket i marched instantly down to the uh, river uh, which is just past the shoals big shoals and about six buckets of cold swanee river water and i was starting to feel somewhat cooled off and normal And uh, we had a nice quiet night there, but it was so warm, we actually had to sleep with the tent uh, fly door open. Uh, Previous nights, it would have been so foggy that we would have ended up being soaked during the night. But uh, that night, we woke up, and there was actually zero condensation inside the tent and outside the tent. So we got packed up. We got put in, uh, put the gear in the boat, and uh, shoved off. And um, after Big Shoals on the Swanee, there's a section called the Little Shoals, and uh, I remember it only being one section, and it's an easy rap. It's like a class two uh, uh, section of water, just a few waves, like a foot high or so, and um, that was easy enough. But I didn't, I didn't remember there were three of those, and none of them were difficult. But um, nice little shot that you zip through without even paddling. You can do five, six miles an hour where the current gets fast, but then it really dies down. And, uh, and so we ended up, uh, making our, that night we, uh, we ended up getting to Woods Ferry, uh, river camp and we tried to get a reservation on, you know, I, I don't think these park reservation, state reservation sites work with a mobile phone because I could not get the reservation to work. And um, so we showed up without a reservation. And one of my biggest pet peeves is people that will make reservations weeks or months in advance at RV parks or in places like this, these awesome river camps, which I think of as kind of a canoeist equivalent for uh, backcountry ski huts that I've used in Colorado and other states. Uh, but it's first come, first served. But you have to—you're supposed to make reservations, and uh, they're free. Actually, there's a there's a charge the, for to make the reservation through the website, but it's 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 confusing because the 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 actual site itself, the tents or the tent platforms that are all screened in, are listed as they're free. But uh, we showed up here, and I told the camp host. Um, Benny, who um, we'll have a conversation with later, really cool guy, he said, yeah, just take five, we always keep one in spare in case, you know, uh, somebody shows up like you that doesn't have a reservation and needs a place to stay, and uh, he also told me that just for people's information that might be, for any of you that might be listening that might want to do the Swanee, and you don't have a reservation, or you're not able to get one either... Um, if you're doing the river, they won't send you away. You can, there's plenty of space in these areas to put a tent down outside of the primitive tent camping area because there's, there's usually either five or six or seven screened-in tent platforms that are just awesome because they have electricity. So we could charge our phone because the 20-watt solar panel that we were using was not keeping up with our devices. So there's, there's a ceiling fan really nice when it's humid. Completely sealed off from bugs and critters with all the screening. Um, there's a picnic table outside. There's a water faucet outside of each one. There's a motion sensor light outside the thing. Uh, wood floor, so you can either set your tent up inside or just sleep on the floor like we did. Uh, so ten, uh, Benny told us to take um, take number five. And uh, that's what we did and interestingly enough um, from looking at the website that i was able to look at all of the reservations there was no tent platforms listed as open and only uh, two tent primitive sites open Uh, but there were no tent campers come in yesterday last night uh, for tents and so that was completely uh, unoccupied and out of the five tent platforms, there were two of them that never showed up. So uh, we were going to go on today to Holtham Creek River Camp, which is a, almost 20 miles further upriver. And we decided uh, to take a down day, to take a rest day today. And I think we're going to have to cut this trip into two sections. Uh, we're going to come back when the weather gets a little nicer because it's going to start thunderstorming, and get really chilly. And uh, Ringay has a uh, has a uh, schedule she's got to keep to with a with her best friend in St. Augustine. So we have to get off river. Uh, made reservations today to have an enterprise car rental uh, agent meet us at. Uh, from Live Oak meet us about 10 miles away at a river ramp at Gibson Park, uh, boat ramp. And he's gonna pick us up in a rental car that we rented and so we can get back to our van. So we'll end up doing all said and done hmm, about 100 miles, maybe a little less than 100 miles. And I think we'll come back and, and um, do a second episode on the second half of the trip this winter while we're in Florida. Um, But, uh, yeah, not seeing too many people paddling. We passed uh, a couple that spent the night. They just did a single overnight here uh, at uh, uh, Woods Ferry River Camp. And then there's a big family from North Carolina. The mom and dad are river guides, and uh, they were great folks. They had, like, a whole passel of kids with them. They were in three canoes, so I think they had two had the two parents and then another, like, four kids. And uh, they're going all the way down to Branford. Um, and uh, so we're gonna tomorrow we're going to go to Holtham Creek because they were, it was supposedly booked up. Once again, I, I think there'd be probably plenty of room if we had gone today. But uh, we decided to take a rest day. And we did book one of the sites for tomorrow, or Benny was able to do it on his computer here at the uh, campground. And we're going to spend uh, two nights there because it's New Year's. It's going to be New Year's Eve, and they're closed on Sunday uh, the 3rd. So uh, we're going to spend an extra night there and then meet, uh, be picked up on, uh, on uh, Monday around noon. And uh, so we'll pick things up from there. But uh, we will be having a conversation tonight. Uh, The next thing you hear will be our conversation with benny the woods ferry river camp campground host and uh i think you'll enjoy that but we are here with benny the uh the woods ferry river camp host who is a cajun chef professional cajun chef and he is a Cajun chef extraordinaire. It's New Year's Eve, and he will cook for you at this camp, but it will cost you $10,500 for a weekend of Cajun specialty cooking of his own recipes here at the Woods Ferry River Camp, mile 159.4. On the do River, and he don't do vegan.
1: one second before you add that, I might just pull some out.
0: You You don't want want this? Well, I need some kind of rich.
2: I can't do
1: that. Sure, I don't care if you want beer in there. Beer's fine with me. I just don't do beef.
0: She can't do the beef.
1: But yeah, are you happy with beer?
0: Beer's wonderful in food. I could put it in there all the time. I love it. Yeah, there's beer in my uh, in my green and red chili, so. Benny's making a, he hasn't named this dish, but it's got, uh, it's got, uh, turkey sausage, potatoes, mushrooms, beer, light beer, <laughs> light beer, like really light beer, ultra light beer, uh, onions, uh, mushrooms. what else? Yeah, I said red mushrooms.
2: Peppers. Oh,
1: the red
0: peppers. Red mushrooms. peppers. And,
1: but Red peppered, like,
0: roasted red bell pepper. Yeah, ro- roasted red bell pepper. And um, it's
1: uh, oh, little
0: anchovy oil. Anchovy oil, because we're having anchovies on Ritz crackers and Romano cheese, which are freaking amazing, by the way. (laughs) Um, And Benny's got his own concoction that's secret, so I'm not going to tell you. But that it it entails it's a magic sauce. It's got uh, basically onions and habaneros, and I'm not going to tell you how he makes it or what else is in it because it's freaking secret. Yeah, jalapenos. Oh, they're jalapenos. Okay, yeah. my mistake. So, um, so anyways, uh, Benny's been here since um, since April, and no, he no, takes care fine. of the joint. And uh, right April, you got here April, right? Two months. Been here two months.
2: Okay. I've been in Florida doing this type work since April. Ah, okay. So you're volunteering at like different camps and stuff. Burrito yeah. Key down at Pensacola. I did. Bunch of time on that, uh-huh. fishing every day on the beach. Wow. Oh, that's nice. That yeah. That sounds
1: good. What were you fishing for down there?
2: Pompano. You know, those Pompano I showed you in Pompano. that picture? Yeah. yeah. That to me is the best eating fish in the Gulf. <laughs> and that's where you go to catch them.
1: So So do you know about something in advance or do you go down there and fish for the thing and then create a beautiful dish around?
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, I I will do it either way, you know A lot of times it depends on what people's sensibilities are like you don't want this So I'll put some beer in there They'll push me one way or another because if you just know how to not put too much of anything in something It's hard to really make it bad You know what I'm saying? I'm guilty about putting too much onion in everything I could. because oh, I, I do that, too. Onion's
1: it's, great.
2: It's, it's hard
0: to put too much onion in. But one of the things she's, she's done in the past that continually surprised me, she will tell me about a dish she wants to make. Mm-hmm. And my sensibilities are, oh, my God, that's, that's not going to work. That's going to suck. That's going to be horrible. <laughs> and I've learned after several years, after 20 years of being together, to that's shut hilarious. shut my mouth, because because yeah, that's right. so many times she has told me what she's making and I'm going no that's that's gonna that's just not gonna work, and I'll eat it and it's like one of the best things I've ever eaten in my life. So, so. you do
2: vegan all only? I don't. Oh no no no. I'm no.
1: Vegan. Um, but I'm she does cook pretty healthy. Vegetarian.
2: This is actually pretty healthy. I mean, oh, I the worst thing—the worst thing in it—is the turkey. The turkey. Now, what I usually use, because you said you won't eat pork, is Jimmy Dean's hot sausage, oh, and I chop you know, it all up in there really and healthy. for breakfast. You know. yeah. yeah. I love the taste of breakfast sausage. I, yeah, yeah, I do too. Yeah. So because you, your... we did turkey.
0: Oh,
1: It'll be fun. You. Is that so? Is Jimmy Dean's uh, pork sausage? Is that on your list of doctor-approved? No, it's not. <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed but so. I,
2: I have some have over to there. Occasionally, I have to break the rules. I yeah,
1: mean, you got to have something that just makes your mouth happy. Right.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, well go
0: ahead. Benny is probably the best storyteller that I have ever met and befriended. <laughs> oh, um, wonderful, amazing stories about his experiences, commercial fishing and so forth. So what's been like, what's been your weirdest thing that's happened at the river, river, at the, doing the river
2: camp here? During the river camp, what is the weirdest thing? Like
0: with people coming in, what's what's like the the weirdest experience you, you had?
1: Any nudists showing up, just no clothes on at all, just like oh, we're here doing our natural things? <laughs> that
2: <laughs> would be cool. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that a bit. Right. Go ahead. But, <laughs> depends
1: you know. on who it is.
0: Depends right? on <laughs> depends on the nude. <laughs> <That is> yeah, we're <laughs> just having fun. <laughs> no, I I don't.
2: I really? I did not know what happened here. It's been kinda of quiet. Yeah. It's been mild. Yeah. Um, that thing that the guy did today and then you oh, know. Yeah. Pull it, it in and,
0: and it's not to do ostensibly that. It's, gated. It's my fault because I left the damn gate. to get yeah. So for those of you that are listening basically you are not supposed to uh, come into a river camp and expect to put in here because they're set up as a campground for people that are paddling through, not as a place to put in or take out. There's boat ramps for that. But a uh, lot of wildlife around here. Benny told me that last night, about 100 yards from our tent platform, he um, he got a uh, uh, photograph of uh, what do they call those, those cameras? The Trail cam. Trail cam. He had a uh, uh, on his trail cam, he got
2: uh, two red foxes, which is really awesome. At the same time, you don't norm, you know, normally see them together. Double fox. It was a double fox evening. Yeah. You
1: think they were siblings or mom and kit? I don't
2: something? know. I don't know when they mate, but it's probably about that time of year. They may be running together right now. You wonder know? how long they're pregnant
1: for. So maybe they have a baby. Gestation. A litter her, in the them. spring.
2: Probably about like probably like a dog. Yeah. Seeing a lot of possums, you know what their gestation period is? No. 13 days. Oh my God. They have the, they birth the smallest live mammal on earth. It's about the size of a honeybee. Oh my God. And then they all
3: just cling on Mama's back.
2: And when she, they're so small that she cannot touch them. They are also the only marsupial in the United States or North America. So she has to sit there and just kind of manipulate her fur to get her up to the pouch because if she touches them, she'll crush them. Oh, my God! And, and uh, so they also have more teeth than any mammal on Earth. Uh, <laughs> they they, they throat have throat the throat only throat. opposing thumb of any animal mammal outside of the primate group. They're one of the most unique... Critters that that there is, and people just people run over them. People are so <laughs>
1: awful about them, but they're beautiful. I've, I'm in love with them. From but a most distance,
2: importantly, but do they taste good? Stop it! <laughs> they're too <laughs> greasy. <laughs> <laughs> if you weren't recording, I'd tell you a terrible story about possums, but no, I don't believe you want to hear that. Okay, okay well do we, don't wanna, like we don't want
0: to we don't want to offend our listeners, but uh, yes, we are uh, we we are going to be uh, celebrating. And somebody is obviously celebrating off in the background there. I don't know well, if you can hear the <laughs> so with a 50 millimeter with a Barrett to bring in the new year <laughs> with, with the canoers with with, with an oversized caliber uh, rifle. I was rifle. wandering for
2: the looking for mushrooms uh, and I almost got in his backyard by accident. Uh-uh, I'm glad I didn't. Cause yeah, that's I, now I know what he protects himself with. That that was an M50. Our first campsite
0: we uh, stayed at, um, there oh, was yeah. <laughs> about a, 50 yards away, there was a house, and they were doing target practice. It doesn't bother me because I'm a shooter, but uh, it was a little disconcerting. It's like, I hope he's got a backstop, and I hope that backstop is is at least 120 degrees off of where we
2: were camped the, by the river. Because <laughs> yeah. he, he was... Uh, you would think they'd do that around here because there are a lot of campers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyways, yeah, that is looking that.
0: so good. them off. I am looking forward to this dinner, and uh, too bad you guys aren't. See you in the morning. When we arrived at the Woods Ferry River Camp, we were there, set up our camp in one of the cool shelters, and about an hour later couple of people paddling sea kayaks nice high-end sea kayaks Matt and Ryan showed up and I started talking to him and they were both very accomplished paddlers they were serious and Ryan had done the Florida circumnavigation trail which is a 1200 mile circumnavigation of the entire state of Florida starting at the Georgia border and going to the Alabama border uh, all the way down to the southern end of Florida, through the Keys. And I recorded the conversation, and my recorder didn't start at the beginning of the conversation, so we lost about the first five minutes, but I'm going to include a bit of that conversation here for you to listen to.
4: ...of what those places were like growing up, Um, and uh, and. Just kind of my, my general curiosity about Florida made me curious about what life was like in that part of the state where these people had happened to grow up or live. Um, so that was, uh, that was kind of a big draw to, um, to, uh, to going and doing that trail and then doing the Florida Trail. Uh, you know, we, we really got to see the coastal areas all the way up through the spine of Florida um, and then right down into the Everglades. So, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a great experience.
0: Cool. Cool. Have you done Ryan, any of the, uh, the circumnavigation route, like the I, big bend
3: or I have done zero of the circumnavigation trail, probably just day trips. Yeah. Um, I prefer the rivers Yeah. and that's, yeah. that's how we kind of got started. I met them on their Florida trail hike and then we started paddling later and ended up getting together and doing the, the St. John's river paddle.
0: Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. I like the rivers too. They're, uh, you know, it is just such constantly changing scenery. Right. And I like ocean stuff. I, I have a sailboat and I like sailing, but there's, there's a lack of that kind of intimacy with the environment when, once you get into to big water, um,
3: I'm sure you guys noticed since you guys launched at um, Griffiths, how much has changed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We're starting to get into the springs uh, in yeah. the next day or so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: More so more. how far down uh, you you started in at Okie You're going all the way to how far? Uh,
3: Till Thursday. Till Thursday. Yeah, we <laughs> have yeah <laughs> yeah we have four more days. Oh, okay. Yeah. We, that's yeah. when we have to be back in civilization.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
4: yeah, it's pretty. We're pretty open-ended on the destination. Um, it's just, it's just, it's such a nice time of year to be out on the water. That, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, trying to ring out as many days as we can. I think. Yeah. <laughs> and miles. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Ryan, you've done the whole Swanee mm-hmm. before, so, what yeah. What's it like? Just going through it a second time,
3: like seeing some of the, this. Well, so the cool thing is it's, a, you know, one little, one, one foot of change in the river can look completely different. So the first time I paddled, I think it was a 49 foot. So, uh, and we're judging off the White Springs gauge. So uh, that's as low as you can paddle it, according to yeah. most people, you know, before you start having to carry your boat across rocks and
0: scraping. I think when we did it, Last to like 12 years ago when we were living in St. Augustine, it was, it wasn't, it was below 55. Oh, yeah. Um, we did the little shoals, we paddled little shoals, mm-hmm. um, and I bumped, I bumped the same rock this time. I took, I took the river right side. Yeah. yeah. And I hit the same rock as I did in my nice Kevlar canoe I did it last time. So maybe it wasn't that much lower than this, but I remember it being a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, which way did you go through uh, Little Shoals? Did you take uh, left side or right side? We went left. That I looked went like right. yeah. I oh you I did? didn't? Yeah, go right. yeah, our whole
4: group went left. Oh no, I followed everyone else. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, that's great. yeah, yeah.
0: And I did this last time, and I thought I should have gone left. And this time again, we went right. And yeah. went, <laughs> oh, yeah. with that boat, it didn't hurt anything. It's not the nice thing about having boats like that pack boat is when you unless it's a sharp rock and it's going to tear the the. the you know the hull. Yeah. And, you know, with my Kevlar or carbon fiber boats, I, even fiberglass boats, I'm like, ah, God, I don't <laughs> want to scratch it. Yeah.
4: But, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that does make a difference. I was wondering about that when we when we pulled up here. I bet for the portage that was uh, that has a lot of advantages with the boat that you've got.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I prefer portaging with a portage yoke because it's it's just. It, it makes things really easy yeah mm-hmm. um, but it, it wasn't too bad but she was she was not happy at the end of that portage. so I said, oh, okay, <laughs> I'll do the carry. So I did seven seven oh, yeah. trips. oh wow yeah. oh man That's And a... I've got big granite gear portage bags and my biggest bag, I can put a crap ton of stuff. and so my first my first trip was about 60 60 pounds or so oh, 60 geez. 70 pounds. Wow. My second trip was maybe a little bit less, and my third trip was all the miscellaneous crap that I put in the pack that was <laughs> loose in the boat, like water bags and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that was a 100-pound load. Jeez. Oh, and yeah. I, it was hot. It was like this hotter, hotter. like mm. I don't is like, think I have sweat that much in like 30 years. This is
3: record uh, near record high is what I've been seeing every day that we've yeah. been on the river, yeah.
0: temps-wise. Temps yeah, I don't remember ever when I lived in Florida having weather this nice yeah. this time of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah,
4: yeah, it's been nice on the water. It's been yeah, it's been really great
0: paddling weather we've had. Yeah, yeah, it's been yeah. nice to like you know once you get past where the collection of people were back at the state park mm-hmm. there and everybody mm-hmm. I don't know if people were swimming when you went by, but we got past there and. You go a little few miles down, and we can just go swimming in private, you yeah. know. And it's just, yeah, mm-hmm. and we went swimming down here today. Oh, it's, nice, uh, yeah.
4: I imagine the water temperatures, you know, with your guys' time in Oregon, this is probably pretty nice <laughs> and comfortable. Yeah, <laughs> it's well, you Compared. get have you guys swam at all
0: <laughs> since you left?
3: Um, unintentionally, I ran the shoals, and uh, a friend's. Wide you did big shoals, yeah, in a wide open um, plastic boat. And the f- yeah. first drop, it it you know, it took on yeah. the entire <laughs> cockpit full of water and yeah. flipped.
0: So, oh no, yeah, did you scrape yourself up? That oh, rock yeah, yeah. is I'm horrible. All, I'm all banged up. Yeah. <laughs> oh my
3: god, Ryan, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. One of us made it completely <laughs> cleanly runs. like yeah. before then, so I was like, oh, you know, it looks great, it looks easy, but.
0: Well, I was looking at that, and it's. I'm trying to. I was looking at it, seeing if there is there a clean line to get through, where you're not going over like rock ledges. It's gonna.
3: The first you, guy you, to run it hit bottom on the second drop, and like, yeah, yeah, it it wasn't pretty, but he made it. And then I said, hey, you know, what do you think about the half? They had a half spray skirt that was just. Actually, they had a cockpit cover that they had rigged up as like a half spray skirt. Yeah. And uh, I was like, do you think this makes a difference? And he goes, oh, no, it wouldn't have <laughs> helped. Well, guess what? The entire yeah. boat filled up on the first drop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my But, yeah, God. I hit every rock. Uh, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> Jeez. No broken bones, so. Yeah. Just a broken ego. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, well, I'm glad
0: you didn't hit your head or anything. Yeah. Like, right. That limestone is massive. It is. Yeah. It's very yeah. sharp. Sure.
4: Yeah, the water was really running through there. Uh, but it's New Year's Eve. so <laughs> yep, <laughs> some entertainment for the evening, a little bit of fireworks.
3: <laughs> so what's your next you guys' next big trip? Oh, man. To... We're talking about um, the collective group that we paddle with every year. We're talking about the boundary waters, the Green River, and the Kissimmee in Florida yeah. has come up. I think yeah. a couple times
4: yeah I think there's interest in doing the Kissimmee especially after a lot of the restoration work has been done and it's not really channelized anymore so uh, how, how far is
0: that I've never been on that I don't,
3: I don't know, know the total it's, length it's yeah. it's not it's not very long maybe 70 miles yeah I would guess
4: between 60 and 100 yeah yeah probably closer yeah closer towards that 80 100 miles because it really does have some, some winds. Mm -hmm. Um, and the Florida trail runs through the Kissimmee Prairie section there and a few other wildlife management areas that have some good stretches. And then there's Avon park, which is the air force bombing area. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a, it's, 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 it's a really pretty part of the state. Um, very savanna-like, huge oak trees, wild boar, giant diamondback rattlesnakes, um, just, just, uh, yeah, swallowtail kites and bald eagles
0: and. Any decent campsites? <laughs>
4: you know that uh, we've got we've got a pretty good friend that works with uh, a state um, with some of the trails. Uh, programs and um and they've done it in the past right after a lot of the restoration work was done and and i guess it is a it is pretty decent um the the wildlife management areas that come up along the edges of the rivers have group camps and have Mm -hmm. primitive campsites oh nice mostly developed for hikers um but uh but but i believe there is river access to them um, and then there's, uh, the as soon as the restoration work was begun, most of the studies said that the sandbars would take about three years to fully reappear. And uh, they were coming back in three months. Really? After they started oh, blowing cool. up the first, yeah, like, like allowing the channel to go back to its historic route. So there's now uh, really well-established sandbars um, through the Kissimmee. Um, i'm not i'm not really sure about about the property though yeah, yeah we'll have to do some more looking into that but yeah
0: um, have you uh have you guys have you either one of you guys done the wilderness waterway on the everglades um well you went through there when you were you know doing the whole circumnavigation
4: yeah i've done i did the coastal route uh when i did um when when I came across and so I cut across from Big Pine Key in the Keys Mm -hmm. and it was a 27 mile crossing and stayed um at Rabbit Key and then Carl Ross Key Mm -hmm. um and then we hit Cape Sable which is the southernmost point
0: yeah I've camped there before yeah really
4: really awesome beach line yeah there um and then from there, coasts all the all, all along the coast up to Chokoloski and Everglades mm. City. But I've gone back into the wilderness waterway on other trips, and then um, our our big group has gone down for multiple years and done uh, Cape Sable from Flamingo. So we'll paddle from Flamingo over to Cape Sable, and then do mm. day trips around there, sure. up into Lake Ingram and stuff. Um, and yeah, it's it's the Everglades is awesome it's uh it's really uh a really really um
0: unique place yeah it's definitely worth doing staying on the chickies i think i've done it three or four times i did it solo once in my the my favorite boat that i've ever had is i've still got no i want to be buried in it because that's how much <laughs> I love it. it's um it's a boat that uh was designed by a guy named berlin kruger mm-hmm. yep as uh, a mad river monarch uh it's the second generation of the boat that he he ended hmm. up making his own boats, scooter canoes um yep. the sea wind so my boat's a little bit lighter layup than his which i appreciate because hmm. my boat weighs like 15 pounds less than well. the sea winds <laughs> and it has a built-in portage yoke you know onto the sea you flip the seat over and carry it oh wow it. and it's got a rudder a lot of people go oh it's a kayak with a big Huh. It's like no, it's actually a solo canoe. You can paddle it with double-bladed paddle. I just always use a single-bladed with it. Yeah, the, the way he had intended.
4: The Krugers are really popular with the water tribe. Yeah. People. Yeah. Uh, doing the like the the race is the Everglades Challenge and stuff. That's a yeah. That's a really really popular boat down here. Yeah. Uh, the, is, so Mad River the same
0: Mad River canoes? Uh, Jim Henry started Mad River canoes way back in the '60s and he built some very good boats. Uh, like, pretty much Bell and Winona quality mm-hmm. boats. Mm-hmm. And then he sold the company to some Yahoo that turned it into a Yahoo boat company. Uh, they're just... Yeah, it's confluence, like, I think is They're the... a slight step above Coleman canoes. And yeah. And mm-hmm. Grumman's, they're, uh, God, they're horrible. It's just too bad because he built some really good boats. But uh, Verlin was disappointed with Mad River because he, he envisioned them doing it a little bit differently, mm. and he wanted to increase the volume a little bit. Um, although mm. I've carried a crap ton of stuff, with mm. it. I've got it set up with the Bellog sail rig the way a lot of the water oh cool. tribe, yeah mm-hmm. a lot of the water drivers do. But uh, I'm surprised you've no. never done a <laughs> water tribe event yeah you're more of a tourist though you're not a racer you're more like <laughs> right. me right yeah that's why yeah. i've never actually yeah. done it it's like yeah. i want to take my time and enjoy things yeah. i don't want to like be up all night yeah. what the hell is that all about it's <laughs> <That's
3: laughs> funny yeah. you mentioned that we're uh last year when we were on the apalachicola we were talking about making a uh, informal race out of the apalachicola um, yeah <laughs> we have one person in our group that races pretty regularly Uh
0: um kayak or
3: canoe uh both both yeah she paddles solo kayak or solo canoe and kayak pretty frequently Uh all throughout the year and so we're we're probably going to do that next year um this will be my first long distance race yeah yeah (laughs) yeah we're looking at it but the whole yeah it's a whole different mentality
4: yeah yeah and we we have a we've got a pretty good group of people that uh that would, you know, would participate and in good spirits. Yeah. You know, like it just it like, um, so it should be a, it should be a fun time. Like even if we're, yeah, wedged up against a cypress tree <laughs> or Tupelo trying to get a couple hours of sleep
0: somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but before we left Florida, I bought a 16 foot Wayfarer sailing dinghy. To enter the what is the class four you know the sailing yeah mm-hmm. uh, and I was setting it up to do the water tribe I thought maybe I want to do this um, it's a pretty seaworthy little boat there's a guy Englishman named Frank Dye that sailed one from uh, from Scotland to um, sailed it to Iceland I think wow yeah it was insane he almost died wow. but um, so I I set the boat up. Is in great shape. I bought it from a guy at Lake Eustis and I was getting it prepped and uh, we decided to move. So I sold it to a guy who actually wanted it for the water tribe and he (laughs) entered. Oh, yeah. And I told him, it's really pretty close to ready to go. Like I set it up with, uh, you know, rowing uh, orlocks and all of that sort of stuff. I said, the one thing you need to do is because other water tribers told me. You know, you really need to do this with this boat is you got to drill a hole through the uh, centerboard and put a lanyard in there. Because if the boat turns turtle and that centerboard slams down in there, you're not getting it out of there. Uh. And you will not be able to self-rescue. You will not be able to right the boat. And that's exactly what he did. He did not put the lanyard in.
2: He turtled the boat.
0: He capsized it once. They were able to right it because the board hadn't slammed in then they capsized again and it was in rough conditions and um uh they got rescued they would have been screwed because they did not have dry suits wow yeah after after i think sometime after that uh steve uh chief Hmm. you know the guy the head guy that makes the rules he made the rule that you that everybody has to have dry suits yeah Hmm. and they were getting hypothermic and they weren't that far from shore but that was blowing a gale and some guy in a Hobie Adventure Islander tandem rescued him. Okay. Oh, wow. And the boat—they recovered the boat eventually, but that nice Proctor mast that was on the thing <laughs> snapped because it embedded itself mm-hmm. into the into the mud. Yeah, and it's real it, shallow, and it uh, it broke it. Wow. So, uh, but they got out with their lives. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you overlook even the littlest things, sometimes yeah. you can uh, you can get screwed.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, the, and, and with those types of races, there's just, you know, you really have to have pretty uh, a clear mental, you know, idea of what you're doing and what's, well, like, in, in those situations, like, the exhaustion and everything can, I'm sure, take a toll. Yeah. The last year, there was quite a few, they had some, they had really, really nasty weather for the last Everglades Challenge. Uh, and I remember there were um, there were quite a quite a few people that I think uh, bailed out. Um, I, Some had to be rescued. Yeah, I thought there was a rescue. Yeah. this uh, It at was least either one. last
0: year or the year before mm. there was a guy in, God, I'm trying to remember what kind of boat it was. It might have been a Sea Pearl uh, 21. We used to have one of those. Mm. They're not great boats if you capsize it because you're not going to self-rescue a oh, Sea yeah. Pearl. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But he, uh, yeah, I think it was a sea pearl. He hmm. he was lost at sea. They found Jeez. his boat. They didn't find him. Yeah. But, okay. uh, yeah. Uh, but I forgot to mention, we are at Holton Creek River Camp, and we're talking again with Matt and uh, Ryan from North Florida. Um, both awesome sea kayakers, done a lot of big trips, and uh, I want to thank them for... Uh, talking with me for the um, for the podcast so uh,
4: yeah i'm glad to glad to glad to be here glad to be at camp (laughs) but st john's too just is is an awesome it really is an awesome river uh that changes a lot and has a ton of history from the upper marsh all the way out to the atlantic uh it's an under paddled river
0: um well maybe i got to give a second thought
4: yeah, yeah i would I've done
0: the Saint Mary's all the way up to where we couldn't get any further. Unless you're a crazy water triber and somehow you you have to haul your boat through to the to the what is it, forty miles? Forty mile portage, yeah. 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 Oh
4: my god. (laughs) Yeah, 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 not now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It looks like the battery is almost out, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kill it. Yes, we're recording, even though the wind has come up. And it's always a headwind on the river, but we're not struggling, we're just paddling and we're cruising in perfect sync with our awesome carbon fiber bench shaft Zavril paddles. So we're about maybe an hour from Holton Creek and I hope the wind noise isn't too much. Uh, About an hour on the river from Holton Creek where we're going to spend the night after having a rest day, having New Year's Eve off at Woods Ferry with our new friend Benny. Benny the Chef made an amazing dinner for us last night his own creation. He's a brilliant Cajun chef. One thing I didn't mention is that he has won a national gumbo championship and several awards and he has been on the uh, a few years ago on the uh, the Emerald show um, and on Food Network. So that was fun. So we just, a little while ago, we had a, we went past the Spirit of Suwannee State Park, and that was a zoo. We went a couple miles further, and it was back to pretty much pure wilderness, and had a skinny dip in the river, which seems to be getting, either the river's getting warmer, or I'm, we're both getting more used to just jumping in the water. It's not Arctic. Anyways, I, I guess it's maybe 60, 65 degrees, honey. No idea, yeah, know. we have no idea, but, uh, yeah, so we're going to Holton Creek. And because we have, uh, a, an arrangement with enterprise rental cars to do our own shuttle, um, they're going to drop the car off to us, but they are closed tomorrow. So we're going to hang out another day at Holton Creek uh, River Camp, which will be fun. Uh, I might do some more posts here, some more recording uh, about this trip and uh, maybe some interviews there if there's anybody interesting to chat with. But, uh, God, it's been just a peaceful, glorious, glorious day on the river. About 80 degrees, it was supposed to be, and now the wind's coming up a little bit, but most of the day it hasn't been windy at all. And uh, haven't seen a lot of wildlife, which is disappointing. I don't think I've seen a single gator for two days. Have you? But now we're seeing turtles. So that's, that's good. And uh, beautiful sunny day. It's about uh, quarter to three. We should be hitting river camp about uh, 3:30 or so and uh, thanks for coming along and keeping us company talk to you soon we are now off the river temporarily and taking a break uh, visiting some friends in saint augustine today is it's after the new year i know that much <laughs> it's the <a> fair <flip. laughs> and today's the fifth I think we got off the river what'd you say the third Mm
1: -hmm.
0: third yeah we got off the river the third and we uh, uh, we left I didn't do any post for Holtom Creek uh, primarily because it was uh, quite a radical change in weather it went from when we went to bed after we got to Holt, Holtum Creek. Uh, actually, we spent a rest day there, and I'll explain the logistics of that. Why, if you're interested, I'll keep it as brief and unboring as possible. Uh, but uh, we got to Holtum Creek on the 1st, right? Yeah, because we left New Year's Eve. We left Woods Ferry River Camp and paddled the almost 20 miles to Holtum Creek. And I keep
1: saying Holton, but it's Holton.
0: Oh, yes. Hold, ton. <laughs> Hold a ton, Hold of, a ton of creeks. Um, um. And uh, yeah, we had an awesome, I think I posted about, uh, did some stuff about uh, New Year's dinner with uh, the uh, chef extraordinaire Benny. Uh, did the Cajun dinner, then we paddled to Holton Creek the next day and uh it was
1: almost or was it 20 miles it was almost 20. it miles. was just shy of 20. i was and like 19. and a half. like it just went so incredibly easily we really That's noticed an improvement in our fitness yeah
0: yeah 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 you were paddling awesome i mean we were in the groove and when you're in the groove paddling uh hit and switch uh sit and switch hit and switch uh racing style um You know you don't use a lot of corrective strokes but basically being in the in sync means being in sync with how much uh, force the bow paddler is putting on uh, putting into their uh, forward stroke into the power phase of their uh, paddle stroke uh, as the stern paddler uh, matches that and if you're really matched um, there's very little corrective stroke that the stern paddler needs to make and Ringay was really cranking she had a good cadence good touring cadence we were averaging averaging even into headwinds we were averaging and the headwinds were a bit it was 10 to 15 miles an hour and you know the river curves around a lot but um we're using our zavril Zeri, bent shaft carbon fiber racing paddles and that you know 14 ounce paddle makes uh, a lot less work than a uh a crappy Mohawk club or Carlisle, whatever they call those plastic and aluminum abominations that weigh about fifteen pounds each. Anyways, it uh, it went a lot faster because we we were getting in in the groove. We were getting in better shape. Mm-hmm. And um,
1: I want to say something that.
0: Yeah, please.
1: I rediscovered my stomach muscles because I was doing my best to suck my gut in to protect my back because maybe because my paddle was a little too long, Um, maybe not, but I was trying to have good form and not make a big splash as I paddled and get that torso rotation in there and do all the things with a uh, husband who's a canoe instructor watching me closely from behind. and I just wanted to protect my back because I could definitely feel I, I was doing a little bit of like forward and backing motion to get added depth of power in my stroke. And more drive. More drive, thank you. Driving that, driving that driving blade that down baby. into the
0: water. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And uh, could definitely feel my back in different places, my spine. And um, yeah, it's one of those things where I think middle-aged people can really hurt ourselves because if we haven't targeted specific muscle groups for a long time as i kind of have it um it could be easy to just really overdo it and the next day you literally can't get up so i didn't want that to happen i knew we had some amount of days and we weren't even sure exactly when we were coming out but anyway after what happened the night of the second we were quite clear it was time to get out on the third yeah do you want to tell them what happened yeah i'll
0: <laughs> talk about the weather but before i forget you know what being in sync means uh, uh, practically speaking is when renge and i are in sync with each other or i'm in sync with her because she can't see me i can see her so i'm matching her so the instant her blade hits the water uh for the power stroke i'm doing the same and what that means what it translates to is instead of having to uh, call hut to switch sides so that the boat, because the, the canoe with the stern paddle or say on that paddling on the right side, the canoe is going to have a tendency to veer to the left. And when you're in sync, um, instead of switching every third or fourth or sixth time, I mean, we when the wind didn't catch us or there wasn't any weird eddies or currents, we could crank along for minutes at a time you know like 30 40 50 strokes on one side and not with with nary a correction of a j-stroke on my on my whatever on side i was on at the moment we would just go straight and um there i don't think i've i've paddled with some pretty good bow paddlers in my time but i don't think i've ever felt quite as in sync With a bow paddler, Renge really, really came unto her own in terms of paddling prowess Mm -hmm. on that, uh, on the last, uh, we did, when we, we put in, we were at mile 235 when we took out at uh, Gibson Park boat ramp, we had done, uh, we were at mile 135, river mile 135 and uh, that means we did 100 miles i want to go back as soon as we're able to and the weather it makes for the most pleasant time paddling because if we've got two months down here why not and i want to go down and do uh, another 100 miles on the river because we really got in tune with it and it was just a gorgeous time and the second hundred miles will contain more blue springs along the side of the river with state parks where they're public and some places where you can only access it from the river, which is awesome. Mm
1: -hmm. And Mark has been telling me about those blue springs and how they affect the transparency, maybe is the right word, of the water, because when you're on it, it just looks black. It's really kind of magical and mysterious, and it's only when you... um, get in and out of the canoe on the water's edge that you can see all these stunningly beautiful shades of copper and even if the light the sun is just right and the wind is down you can see kind of deeper richer ruby as the water gets deeper so it's kind of like a it's a very cool vat of mystery (sighs) it was really beautiful yeah but uh, you said that Copper as, ruby color. Yeah. She She oh was God. captivated just by that. We,
0: we spent uh, many uh, isolated moments when we weren't near any houses or uh, state parks and swimmers or other paddlers. There were very few paddlers um, okay. along the way uh, the whole trip.
1: Which, by the way, but is...
0: Went for swims, is what I was going to say. Some wonderful sorry. skinny yeah. dipping swims. Well,
1: I want you to say more about that. But I just wanted to add that... That is so typically our experience when we do these incredible winter trips in Arizona, in Florida, and in, even in back home in central Oregon and surrounding states. So often when we're out overlanding um, or whatever we're doing, it's like, where are the other people? which I think is a big part of our motivation in doing the podcast is we wanna share the beauty and the experiences yeah. and the how-to so that people feel inspired. And I really did not know what to expect coming into this. I couldn't remember paddling the Swanee. I couldn't remember how beautiful the water was. I was kind of trepidatious about snakes and alligators and we had our little dog And with lions us. and tigers and bears. Lions and tigers and bears.
0: We did see bears.
1: <laughs> we did see two <laughs> bears. Which, Baby bears. Baby bears. They
0: were baby bears. We thought they were baby pigs. We but thought they, they were, were
1: boar, wild boar, and as they, they weren't were swimming, boring at all. They were not. They
0: were really interesting.
1: It was only as they hopped down on the other side and ran up through the brush, and we saw. I just saw one of them, the bigger one, kind of yearling size, and Mark saw a babe, more baby-looking one, but it had those kind of long, gangly legs. It was not a boar. It was a bear.
0: The baby, the the smaller cub, I would guess the smaller cub was maybe 40, 50 pounds, do you think? And the bigger one was maybe between 80 and no, 80, idea. 90, maybe never 100 saw the pounds. I one. um, Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, they're, just their head was above the water and they looked kind of pig snoutish. And I thought, oh, a couple <laughs> of black boars. And they, they got cool. out and bolted up the bank and that was really cool yeah. and uh, so most of the weather you know first few days was i think i mentioned in previous uh, uh, posts i've done here on this trip that lots of fog just really just damp dank mornings just everything sopping wet mm-hmm. and kind of misting and uh, uh, but the last couple of days we had really nice warm weather and sunny and as a matter of fact, uh, the last night we were at Holton Creek uh, on the tent platform, uh, it was uh, it was so hot. I was sleeping under basically under nothing. I had nothing over me for hours, and then the weather Wait, moved in. One second, just yeah. that
1: it wasn't literally that hot. It just felt really warm and tropical and yeah. balmy, and yeah. like you just barely even want a cotton sheet over the top of you. Yeah. And then,
0: <laughs> and then, right around midnight, just about when uh, the NOAA, we, we carry a uh, uh, my marine band radio. Not that we needed it for communication, but it was the best way to get weather forecasts because we really didn't have much of any signal anywhere along the way for AT and T for our phones. So um, the the NOAA forecast on my marine uh, band handheld said about midnight thunderstorms would come in, and sure is sure enough about. 1158, uh, the wind picked up and was gusting. They said gusting to 30 miles an hour. I'd say that the gusts were higher than that because it got roaring. And the temperature dropped to, well, it was about like being in Alaska. Uh, <laughs> comparatively felt like
1: you said about 30 degrees and that's was literally third, what it felt yeah. like I mean by the time we woke up that morning my nose was cold our heads were bundled I was wishing I would had all of the sleeping gear on us that
0: we can and we went to bed with like I went to sleep yeah. with nothing over me except maybe my my um, my sleeping bag liner which is just a like a sheet
1: so one of the things that we did we had Well, we were having sort of a sleeping pad issue of them moving around for Mark, even on our sea gear, lovely mat that we love so much. Um, We were sleeping on that on our pads inside of the screened in camp. But we had decided for the second night that we would set our tent up and sleep inside of the tent because that would hopefully hold the pads where we wanted them to be and the pillows. You know, it's one of those things where for weight purposes, they make them without any sort of non-skid bottom, which you really wish it would have. So they were moving around on their own, like, so, a, skating yeah, like yeah, a skating rink. It's like sleeping on a skating rink. So stupid. Every
0: time you move, the the pad would be like. And we're
1: side <laughs> sleepers, so you know we're turning from side to side. The things like.
0: That, so. in combination with the the demonic squirrels from hell in the <laughs> attic, uh, running back and forth and fighting <laughs> and basically, like speaking in demonic voices. No. Well, they were demonic squirrel voices. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. Son of a bitch, you little,
2: little <laughs> bastards. Send my, where send are my th- fig newtons? <laughs> where are my fig newtons? <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: we that kept me awake. Of course, so, Ringay sleeps harder than me. And the next day, we got from the campground host, we got some aluminum foil, yeah. and to no avail, tried to. Jam- I saw the one place that it looked like it was possible that they were getting in. To the attic, like above the ceiling and below the roof of the tent platform. And uh, so we we got a ladder and, and jammed some uh, aluminum foil up there to keep from getting up there. Uh, but they have some sort of secret entrance or because they're demonic, they're it's able to. It's a portal. They have an <laughs> interdimensional portal, you know, like, like Bigfoot. It, it can dematerialize <laughs> outside the roof and materialize in the attic. Right. So, yeah, yeah, it was eerie. and and frightening all at the same time.
1: I think we're off track. So back to what I was saying, which was that uh, we had set up our tent, we slept in our tent, and luckily we had at least done that much. And then partway through the night, and you know, when I say night, I probably mean before midnight because our experience of this trip is we were basically in bed by seven o'clock wondering why it wasn't nine or 10 that would justify us going to bed. But it was an unusual experience, and we liked it a lot. So it was probably before midnight, and the storm picked up, and we're in our tent, but it's fully mush. And we're like, holy, you know what? Uh, We need to put the fly on because we could hear the wind and thunder and lightning and rain. And and so we're out there in the dark, knackers, trying to get the fly on the tent. (laughs) In the
0: red light. We had the red lights on in the lantern. It's like the red light district in our camp.
1: (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. So, uh, so that was wild and, you know, piles of clothes, mostly mine, you know, just in weird, awkward places. And anyway, we got it all back together. We got ourselves. It air. was a yard sale
0: it inside yard the 10th It was a yard sale.
1: Yeah. So that was a big mess. There were some good lessons learned there, including if we had really been listening to the radio that night as we were playing, you know, we had it on, but we weren't really paying attention because the storm we thought was materializing was delayed like all the weather forecasts for the trip were kind of a day late and we dropped the ball and a dollar short yeah and we dropped the ball a bit and just kind of thought yeah that's not going to happen because the weather was so great um but anyway it came in the night and if we'd been smart we would have been well organized because if the rain had been driving we would have been wet including us in the tent really even too So just, I'll put that in the trip notes, what not to do or what to do next time.
0: Yeah, the other folks in the tent platforms uh, at the Holton Creek uh, River Camp that that were staying in the tent platforms, they all had to kind of shift their position because the wind picked up and it would... It'll blow through screen. You know, it's weird wet. that way that water does that. It goes <laughs> right through like a sieve. Right? It's so weird.
1: They were getting wet. Yeah. Yeah, luckily yeah they, they had didn't to get shift soaked.
0: their position. But uh, Matt and Ryan, who we got some interview with and uh, um, we'll post about, and um, some other folks that were there.
1: So how do you want to wrap this up?
0: I want to tell people what we're looking at. So we're at... Uh, uh, one of Renge's well, best friends. Do you want to uh, first house? just
1: talk about the like the last day getting out? Oh, I mean, what that's that was so like. boring. Uh, <laughs> it oh, was really yeah, cold. Yeah, no, the and logistics.
0: Windy. So quick, quick story, quick boring story. Um, you know, when you when you're doing a river trip, unless it's an out and back or a loop of some kind, which is really hard to do on a river because rivers never seem to go uphill. Oh. Um, you have to make some sort. Of, if you're not paddling with a group where you can do a car shuttle prior to your you know have one at your takeout uh, we had to kind of logistically plan around uh, Ringa getting together with her friend Shelby and we're at uh, Shelby's house in St. Augustine right now overlooking this gorgeous gorgeous pristine marsh up on the upper deck level looking out over that uh, but uh, we had to uh, she's going to go off and do a girl's thing for a few days and and uh, I'm gonna do other things while they have some girl time but uh, we had to make arrangements with the only uh, car rental place that I could find that was within shouting distance well uh, stones throw being 10 miles away from uh, Live Oak Uh, it was about a 10 mile uh, trip from Live Oak for the enterprise car rental agent John who was Generous enough to drive that far with our SUV that we rented, uh, Jeep, to load all our crap in. And we took our, our boat apart, put it in the boat bag, carried the boat bag with me the whole time so that we could just pack everything in the boat bag and throw it in the back of the Jeep. And we dropped him off and uh, drove back up to Griffith's Fish Camp uh, where we left our um, uh, sportsmobile van and uh, spent the night there. Then the next day we returned the rental car to Live Oak and uh, within our 24-hour allotment and wasn't cheap. We got, you know, we after gas and insurance, the rental was about 160 bucks. But it was still, I mean, just to consider this as an option if you're doing river trips, if you if it's possible to do a a car rental like what we did, it will if there are any liveries or canoe uh, shuttle services around. Chances are you will spend less even for like the, I think it was 160 bucks for the gas and the insurance and the rental for the SUV. You will probably spend less for two people to do a car rental than you will for a shuttle service, if that makes a difference. I, I'm guessing if we'd gotten a, a shuttle service to shuttle us the hour and a half back to our van, uh, you know, uh, hundred river miles away it was less than that by road uh it could have been doub- at least double what we paid you know i was looking at shuttle prices and it's like holy crap they really charge a lot so anyways that's uh, a way to consider doing it for your next river trip if it uh, applies so uh yeah i think we're going to sign off and anything else you want to say
1: um, at some point, I think we should just talk about sort of our overview of the experience. And
0: it was awesome. Thank you very much. Yes.
1: <laughs> it was really Thank you. beautiful and magical <laughs> and we highly recommend it. And i made some notes along the way and I'll put those in the, you know, the show notes, whatever, for what they're worth. Um, I don't know much and so some of you will undoubtedly know a whole lot more than i do and some of that will be unnecessary for you but i mean just one of my happiest experiences of the whole trip was i didn't know what to expect from um the edges of the river so i thought i might need water shoes and sandals and whatever and it turned out Without exception, there were no stickers. There were no sharp rocks. It was all just this super soft, beautiful sand.
0: There were bears.
1: There were bears, but there, but nothing else bad. <laughs> just baby bears. And um, No going, snakes. Going in the winter, yeah, going in the winter. One when psycho gator. <laughs> that's right. That's a story for later. <laughs> um, going in the winter, as we did, um, I think the snakes and the gators were pretty chilly. So we didn't worry about them, even when we ended up. Dipping further into the black-looking water, uh, rather than taking a bucket and dumping it over ourselves on the on the edge of the river, but it just delighted me. Like we could have bare feet the whole time, even walking up a semi-white sand beach. There were a lot of leaves down, and that made for nice softness as well. And just no stickers. I mean, we come from Central Oregon, where goathead thorns and various sharp rocks and stuff make for not happy. White tender paw, northern tender paws. Um, so that was just just really lovely. Yeah, lots of beauty. Um, but anyway, we can talk more about that later.
0: Yeah. Well, Swanee is the, the indigenous uh, uh, natives' word for awesome effing canoe trip. <laughs> that's what. That's right. That's, that's how that that's translates. What, yeah, if you translate Swanee, it's, oh yeah, that's awesome effing canoe trip must do best in North Florida signing off thanks for putting up with us and listening and until next time it's Mark and Renge thank you very much Ciao.